0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of "I Want to Matter." Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks.
1: Dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic.
2: Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by the Witness, a Black Christian collective. I am your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurnsClan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me as always is the founder of the Witness, very extensive bio, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, but two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself,
3: Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, Jay? Always on the move, but you can pin me down at Jamar It gets weirder and weirder every time. It's weirder than the last time, <laughs> I don't understand. You complimented it. Yeah, you, you should have
2: stayed in that lane. You what? moved into another lane. Am <laughs> 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 I supposed to do the same thing each and every time? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's consistency. That's what I do every time. I do the same intro every <laughs> That's time. That's why it's boring. No,
3: I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can't even escape that intro anymore. No matter where I go, people are like, hey, I'm going to do the Tyler Burns intro for you. <laughs>
2: We need to record those. Listen, if you got a Tyler Burns intro, I want to see. I want to I want to hear you. Do Let's that. hear
3: your best impression yeah. of Tyler Burns past the mic opening. I, I feel like I'm gonna regret this. Well, maybe, but I think right. I think people admire you. They're gonna try to get it right. Listen, we gotta get it
2: together. We got some guests on the podcast. It's been a while since we've had multiple guests on the podcast. A while. And I think this is gonna be a tremendous conversation. So I'm really excited about this. Can you introduce
3: our guests? Absolutely. We would love for you to welcome for your listening pleasure, the Reverend Slim Thompson and the Reverend Dr. Malcolm Foley. Welcome to the pod. Mm -hmm. Howdy, y'all. It's good
0: good to be here.
2: It's good to be here. Can you give our audience a introduction of both of you, where you're at, you know, some of the backstory, cliff notes of what they should know? Yeah, why should we
3: care about your existence? Tell us. (laughs) Sure. Let Yo, me Jamar, I'll, you
2: got
0: it too. I'll start. No, no, no. It's all it's all good. Um, so I I recently recently finished finished my PhD at Baylor uh in the history of Christianity, um, did a lot of work on black Protestants responding to lynching in the late nineteenth and early twentieth century. But what we but but why I think we're here is we 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 planted a church in the PCA um and left. The PCA particularly, mm, um, yeah. there were there were circumstances that made it untenable for us to remain, um, and we can talk about we can talk about those stories. There are there are a number of stories that I think led us to make to make that decision. But one of the things, but one of the things about our story particularly is that it's particularly particularly with with me and Slim, it's a it's a story of 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 interracial solidarity, um, yeah. because. Yeah because we 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 planted this church as an as an as an intentionally multicultural church, but also came but came into contact with the uh difficulties of uh particularly white white normativity and the ways in which it was imposed on us in ways that we bucked against and uh and had to make moves accordingly so um,
3: and just to clarify for our listeners, Malcolm, you are of African descent. I am. And, and that is true. You <laughs> are of European descent. Yeah. Right? So I just want to that's yeah. the act was, of interracial thank, thank solidarity. You, <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's to it's gonna be clear. It's gonna be clear.
3: <laughs> so we know who we're, we can get a visual here. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. so so y'all planted a church in Waco, Texas. Um yeah. it, what, but Malcolm, you were Baptist. yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did yeah, you get the dunking babies bruh so
0: uh <laughs> that's his own that's his own that's his you're own a kind of journey. Kid. you're right? a creature's well, kid you and tyler well, have no 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 so 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 here's the thing my my parents my parents are are in law so like i i was um i mean i i did a religious studies and finance uh on uh uh, undergrad degree naturally and then <laughs> right because i i was i was training to be a televangelist really righteous gemstones yeah yeah and then and then i mean you know you gotta do what you gotta do and then i uh and then did the then did the mdiv at yale and i was serving a i was serving a baptist church there but it was at that point that i actually figured out that i was um basically presbyterian on everything except for baptism most most of it was because mm-hmm. i was i i I had uh I had really kind of dug dug deep into the into the reform tradition during that time and i and i I came to the conclusion now we can we can talk about how how this has possibly shifted after leaving the PCA but that's his own story um but dug you know dug dug deep into the into the reform tradition and mm-hmm. uh and found. Found that I was Presbyterian on everything on everything except for baptism, and then when I got to, uh, it was when I moved to Waco that I attended the PCA church there. Uh, still didn't buy the whole baptism thing, but then kind of investigated some things biblically and her and hermeneutically, and then on February twelfth, two thousand nineteen, uh, the last the domino the domino of, of infant baptism fell for me. Um, I don't I don't remember too many of my conversion too many of my (laughs) conversions because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't convert often. Uh, but this was, but this was one of those, this was one of those Mm. moments. Um, and, and at that point I started calling myself a confessional Presbyterian, something that's going to be important in our, in our story too. Mm
3: -hmm. How did you, and Slim, how did you meet Malcolm Malcolm, how did y'all connect and decide, hey, we, we want to start a church together?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Malcolm was uh, coming to, our, I was associate pastor at another uh, PCA church here in town, and uh, he was coming in. Actually, the first time, Malcolm, if you remember, the first time we met um, was my wife and I went to this Black Lives Matter um, conference. Yes, that's right. And we park, <laughs> and there walks up Malcolm, and I think he had only been to our church once before. We're like, oh, hey, let's go in together, and so we just uh, it kind of hit it off, and from there uh rest was history um uh, but yeah so as we were we, we we were connecting um talking through these things um and yeah i'm just background noise I, i'm like robin to his batman here uh <laughs> this is this is his story yeah uh, i'll fill in the gaps <laughs>
0: Well, one of the things that we did together, which was, which was wonderful was, was actually teaching a a Sunday school class at Mm -hmm. that church on race, on race and Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, We called it, we called it love your, love, love, love your neighbor sanctification and, and race. And I, I spent the first four weeks, five weeks uh, on history. Um, and then we did, then we did the last three weeks together in application using, uh, Michael Emerson and Christian Smith's divided Mm -hmm. by faith. Um, and that, and that was one of the things that actually convinced me at that point that the two of us were, were, were operating with the same, with the same assumptions, also Mm -hmm. understanding that the church had, had very similar needs. Uh, Mm -hmm. but we also came into contact with, as a result of that class, many of the objections that we would hear over the course of the next few years. Um, The kinds of sensitivities that people had, including including incidents like there would be times when I would say something and people and and members of the congregation would come to Slim saying, hey, Malcolm seems like he's just here to make me uncomfortable. (laughs) And and then and but but even then I could even then it was important to Slim to back me up. Because he, because he, because, 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 because he recognized that that was, I mean, first of all, it's completely out of pocket to say, but, (laughs) but also, but also I had the opportunity to tell, I, I mean, I told the folks in that class, look, I don't, it would be a waste of my time and energy to just get up and just try to make you uncomfortable. I'm, I'm only, I'm only here because I love you. I don't, I don't have to be here. I'm only here because I love you. um and i and i and i and i I want you to know how to how to how to love one another and how Mm. to love the lord your god so interesting
3: because i get that a lot too is like you know my only purpose in in talking about racism is i get some sort of sadistic pleasure out of right. making white people squirm or something like no i'm here because i love the church and i want to see us grow like there's i would rather not be talking about this this mm-hmm. is, there would be mm-hmm. so many other things that we could talk about and do mm-hmm. if we could actually address the problem of racism mm-hmm. but since we not yeah i got to say it so no, i got to talk about it and and so
2: when you all kind of found that you were on similar paths, mm-hmm. what led to kind of the acceleration of, you know, church planting, which led to, yep. you know, kind of being in the PCA and experiencing kind of behind the scenes, what was going on? What was the timeline after you taught this um, class on loving your neighbor? What happened after that? Yeah, that's
0: you, Slim. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So when we, uh when we planted, we, we, I mean, we knew we kind of have a, a revolution of the our, our ecclesiology, what we thought we wanted to see the church look like, and um, and seeing a from all tribes, tongues, and nations coming together, and then uh, a missiology that was kind of re- having a reformation as well of just seeing most churches that have been in existence for you know ten, fifteen, twenty years, just the natural tendency is to to get more um, stale, and so that's why all the the missiologists talk about the the, the advantages and um, of church planting. So anyways, we wanted to plant the church and be intentionally um, multi-ethnic. And uh, as we were planting that, uh, Malcolm says, Slim, you know, we can be multi-ethnic, but monocultural. And that was a, mm-hmm. a, a shock. And that was one of those that was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So let's just rewrite all of the things, all of the, <laughs> all of the mm-hmm. the brochures that we printed because it was absolutely right. <laughs> it was absolutely right. right. Uh, and so, uh, that was, I think that was, uh, the, the fall of 2018, we were teaching that class and getting ready to plant it in the spring of, um, 2019 is when we actually did move out to plant the church. Um, and there's a, there was just a, there was a lot of, um, mixed views of what they wanted the church to look like from what the mother wanted the church to look like from what we, as the ones planting it, wanted it to look like, um, and mm-hmm. that's where the, the conflict started. And I don't know how much y'all want to so, get into that, but...
2: Absolutely,
3: yeah, well, hey, definitely. yeah. We'll, we'll, we definitely a, want I to mean, get into You know, that. to connect, contextualize it, of course, we have um, been doing sort of this ongoing Leave Loud series and talking about, in particular, the exodus of black Christians out of white churches and white Christian spaces. Um, And so that's why we're interested in in your story and think it would be beneficial to our listeners. We should also say Malcolm and I went through the Valley of the Shadow of Dissertation Death writing together (laughs) and came out the other side because the Lord was our shepherd um, Amen. <laughs> but but in those conversations, it wasn't all business. So we would talk about this occasionally. And what really gets me is that as y'all were planting, you knew there was conflict up ahead. Like yep. you planted out of a PCA church, knowing full well <laughs> that <laughs> your stance to be a multi-ethnic, multicultural church was going to be countercultural in that context. So, yeah. I mean why bother? Why not just jump out with the independent route or some other content, uh, denomination that, that wouldn't have the same hangups.
0: So my, I, I, it, I would say naivete on one point for, for, for me. Um, so when I came before the presbytery to become an intern of the presbytery, so I was, I was aiming towards aiming towards ordination and I, I went on the floor of presbytery and said, and, and, and one of the elders asked in good conscience, uh, in, in, in in good faith. I mean, um, he asked Malcolm also, oh, so other points like in this, in this church that we planted out of my wife and I were the only black family at this church. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. When, when I, when I came before the presbytery, I was, there, there are no black teaching elders in this presbytery. And, and so went zero um, and mm. so, so I got, so I got in front of, got, got in front of them to become an intern and, um, and, and, and an elder asked me in good faith. He said, Malcolm, why do you, you know, why do you, why do you want to be a member of this, of this presbytery? We're just a bunch of old white guys. And, and I said, uh, you know, I, I see that. Um, but also <laughs> I noticed, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, <'cause laughs> I can, I can tell. Um, But, but I'm here because I'm here because of my theology and polity, and that's despite the culture of this particular Presbytery. Um, And in my mind at that point, um, I thought that was going to be enough. I, 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 at that point hadn't fully, it hadn't fully sunk in uh, how, how easy it is, for a culture of white supremacy and normativity to corrupt the theology and polity of a hmm. particular, of a particular body. And so it got to the point, and this is the way that I narrated it to the church when, when we told, when we told our church that we were about to leave, I said, basically it got, to, got to the point where for me, that culture had corrupted its theology and polity to the extent that I could no longer submit to it. Mm. And, mm. and, and that's like, there we'll 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 walk through kind of the journey the journey to get there but at the but at the very beginning, I was what was also going through my mind um your comments that that black Christians in these spaces either either sell out burn out or are pushed out and mm-hmm. and there are and well, there print. are others and there are, and, and there are others who in these spaces will say, well maybe maybe some of us are called to stay to be a prophetic presence. And at that point I thought, Hey, like maybe the Lord is actually calling me to this space to be a prophetic presence. As time went on for me, I, I thought about that and I'm like, well, if God has actually called me to be here, he'll give me the resources that I need to stay. And the Mm -hmm. fact of the matter is that he's not actually giving me that. So maybe I don't actually need to be here. wow (laughs) if he if he wanted me to be a prophet in this space then he he'd make he would make it clear to me that that's his call for me but he didn't make that clear to me i like i was i was saying maybe this is what i'm here to do but it was it was it was essentially a few years of just that maybe and i was like if if it were true it wouldn't be (laughs) i wouldn't be doing this um that's and a good so, word.
3: That's a really good word. I think people overlook, you know, it's sort of cliche to say, like, um, where God where God calls, God provides. God guides, but, God provides. Where God guides, you God provides. You need to get your churchy game up. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We got a points, got anoints. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it, it, but we often, I mean, but there's some truth to it in right. the sense Absolutely. of, you know, God, look, this is like w- way deeper and a little bit off track, but like God is not out to make us miserable. He's not right. like mm. smiling like the Cheshire cat when we're suffering, like, ha, 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 this will really make him holy. I mean, he wants to see us flourish. And yes, yeah. he wants us yeah. to go into sp- spaces. He wants to, us to pick up our cross and, and all of that. But if it's a place where God has called us, it it will be a sustainable place. In in yeah. a sense. And when it's not, it is wise to at least question is this where we're supposed to be yeah. in this season, in this moment.
2: How did you know that the white supremacy, white normativity had corrupted mm-hmm. the leadership? How did you know this? And All what right. were the All right.
0: Yeah, what got
2: you to they this
0: got place? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh I got some I got some stories for me. So, so I may have some other stories. I um so it was interesting because whenever I would talk to uh so I you know I spoke at um at at general at the at the PCA general Assembly a few years ago on my on my historical work so specifically lynching stuff and whenever I mentioned like whenever I mentioned that in any of these contexts like there's a there's like a collective gasp um and and it but, but what that, indi- what I, what I was trying to, in- what I was indicating to people was, look, not only do I take this stuff very, very seriously, but you're going to hear about this a lot because I, because this is, this is the, this is this is, this is, this is, this is not only the headspace in which I live, but also I think this is actually really, it's actually really applicable to our pastoral care and preaching. Um, and so, uh, so there are a few incidents. One, uh, after George Floyd was killed. I I preached a sermon on an imprecatory psalm, specifically Psalm 94, mm-hmm. um, about the Lord destroying the wicked and not allowing the proud to continue in their pride. Um, and and at this point, you know, we're 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 in a system in which we have um, elders that are in oversight over us, and they're they're watching all of our sermons and all of our services and stuff like that. And after after this sermon, uh, we had a Zoom meeting. And, um, and I was told Malcolm, when you preach this sermon, all I heard was anger. Wow. Wow. And, and my response in that moment was, well, there are some things that make the Lord angry. Mm. Um, and when I, and when I preach the text, it's, 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 when I preach the text, it's my, it's my intention to reflect, to reflect the text. Um, the slaughter of the innocent makes the Lord angry. It ought to make us angry as well. Um, and 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 sanctification is a is a is a work that the Holy Spirit works on our on our emotions as well, but that that was that was met not with engagement but with a, you know, we're the ones in charge. To do what we say. And I was like interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another incident. It's a really fun one. Um, after the insurrection, that following Sunday, uh, we're talking about kind of just, just use of power. Mm. And I, and I, and I, and I in the kind of liturgy portion of the, of the service, I'm like, Hey, Hey church. Um, I think it's important for us to know that white supremacy is antichrist. So-called Christian nationalism is antichrist. Trumpism is antichrist. All these things are fundamentally contrary. All, all these things are fundamentally contrary to who Christ has called us called us to be. Um, and, and that Sunday, there's no like we don't we don't get any feedback from our oversight, which is interesting. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Two months later, somebody <laughs> there we go. Somebody we thought we were good.
1: We thought we were good.
0: Yeah. Somebody. Somebody most likely from outside of the church. But there are but this but but this but this is also part of this kind of uh well, we can I mean we can talk about the history of surveillance of black people, but that's beside the point. Um somebody from outside the church sent that clip of me saying that to our oversight saying, Did you approve Malcolm saying this? Because hmm. I'm just an intern. Did you? Yeah. In their minds. I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm just an intern. I'm a grown man. Anyway, uh so 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 what I, they do. Malcolm
1: remember they sent it to me. Remember?
0: Yeah. I, 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 oh that that's 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 where this story is going. That's that's like the that's like the key part of this story. So yeah, don't worry. Yeah. You, you know this I <laughs> It's, 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 uh, it's part of the craft. So here's, so here's the, so, so they email slim and they ask slim three questions. Slim, do you think what Malcolm said was appropriate? Slim, did, did, did Malcolm run this by you before he said it? Oh. Third, did you say anything to him afterwards? Hmm. And this is, this is one of the reasons why I love, I love slim so much. <laughs> his, his response was, uh, to the first, uh, was appropriate. I said, yeah, it was appropriate. Good. Right. True. All that stuff. Uh, second, uh, no, Malcolm didn't run it by me. Like that's not our relationship. We don't it, like, we, we trust each other. We've been, we've been, we've been doing this church together from the beginning that that's not how our relationship works. And then, and then third, uh, did I say anything to him afterwards? Uh, yeah, I think I just said, you know, thank you for leading our church through a difficult through a, through a difficult topic, um, and that uh, did not go over well. The next week, we have a Zoom call with them. This is on my dad's birthday, March 28th, and I I missed the first half of the Zoom call, which <laughs> which, which Slim might want to say something about, um, but I missed the first half of the Zoom call because I'm like on Zoom with my with my dad because it's, it's his birthday and but, but, I know that this zoom call is not gonna be probably not gonna be a fun one, mm-hmm. uh, but I get on and i'm I, I, and i'm and I'm ready, i'm like, what's like what's up what 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 do we wanna talk about and um and they just start kind of laying into me like yelling mm, like at wow at, dang. At, at 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 one point at one point, one of the elders yells at me and he says. If you're gonna get up in the pulpit and say something that can't be backed up with scripture, you just need to shut up. What? Whoa. Those bro. were the exact words that were Whoa. said. Slim Slim's here. He was there. That's what that's it, what it said, wasn't it? it
1: what's, what's so interesting is this same elder, and this is what was so hard. <sighs> the same elder was on wow. that. We we just got we left at, you know, we were had a mother church, you know, say we don't want to take care of y'all. Got, you know, given up for adoption, and this other church up in Dallas is coming to you know take take us in, and one of the elders takes us out for lunch and says this same elder and is like, "Man, I love Jamar Tisby, I love his books," um, and I listened to him, and I, we we're hmm. like, "Okay, maybe this is a good setup." Set this is the same elder.
2: That's and, how they get you.
0: <laughs> they, used Jamar to, they used Jamar to get us, man. That's what it is. You they showed back words. Long we're long like, long oh, long we like, oh, we can long trust you, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then he, he said the same thing to me first. Wow. And then Malcolm comes on. He reiterates the exact same thing. And just like Malcolm said, he yells, shut up. And it was just so – I mean, I wow. was like, I'm
0: done. Wow. Yeah. The and disrespect. So, hey, and then – What? And so then so then after that, because here's, here's the other thing. Like I – I, I try to kind of, I mean, I try to demand engagement on these points. And so, so at that moment, I said, I, I said, something like, uh, you know, thanks, thanks for that. But also like, it would be, it would be, it would be a like, it would literally be a waste of my time and energy. We're, 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 we're noticing a trend that there are things that people assume about the reasons why I do things that are dumb, that they're, they're foolish. Um, in the sense that I was like it was, it's a, it's a, it would be a waste of my time and energy to see the pulpit or to see the period of liturgy in our in our church service as a space for me to just spout my opinion mm-hmm. if you like the, i the only reason I say the things that I do is because this is this is what faithfulness to the this is what I believe faithfulness to the gospel looks like mm. and so i can I can show you. Why, why I, why I would say these kinds of things from scripture, because the, all these things are evil. Um, and I like, it, it, it's, it wouldn't be hard for me to do that. And then he said, this, this elder said, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. Hmm. And, and, wow. at, and, and, and this, and this was one of these points where, where, where I recognized. And as I look back on it, I recognize that, that m- most of my interactions with our oversight we're the nature we're, were of the nature, hey Malcolm, you said this thing we don't like, or you said something in a way that we don't like. My response was, hey, here's why I said it. Not only that, but like why I would say it again. And and the response was, We're the ones in charge, stop it. Hmm. You're you're either a rebellious child or a threat. Yeah. Um and so and so that's the that's the kind of that was the mode that was kind of the mode of in, of interaction. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole thing drips with paternalism. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Entirely. Like, like,
3: you know, we need to we need to be your overseers mm-hmm. as you're planting this church to make sure you are checking all the right theological boxes. But that's even giving too much credit because it's mm-hmm. more about control. It's more okay. about cultural and political perception about yeah. the things you're saying and doing. And then to constantly go to Slim, right, on the surface to say, mm-hmm. well, he's already ordained and employed here, so, you know, we're just yeah. following the structure. But really, really, right, mm-hmm. like, it's go. let's go mm-hmm. to the white guy to make sure he checks his black subordinate, you know? Uh, the 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 who obviously doesn't know what he's talking about, <laughs> like it, it. That's what really is so galling to me about the whole thing is almost infantilizing you, Malcolm. Like you don't know how to yep. rightly handle the word of truth, as if you too have not been trained, as if you too are, as if you aren't more educated than most of the people who are charged with watching over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you is <laughs> like mm-hmm. so. It, it, it like all of these things are at play, and there are I think a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily see it that way, but wow. those connotations are there. We cannot detach or divorce this situation and their interaction with you from four hundred years of history yes. in this nation, yes, especially right. when it comes to theology and and church. Right. Yeah, I think that we should
2: also hold space for that type of dehumanization too, yeah. because that's dehumanizing for you as someone who is a black man creating the image of God, period, as as is yeah. first on the, on the base level. But then that's as right. someone also who has continually educated yourself and tried to do everything you can um, to maximize what God has given you and the gifts that God has given you and the passions that you find yourself in. And I think a lot of people will feel that as well yes. because they felt, It is it is shocking how how often and how regular I hear that a person in spiritual authority yelled at me. Mm. That's Mm. shocking Mm. how often I hear that. In a in a context talking about race and justice. Wow. That's shocking.
3: Pass the mic. We appreciate you.
0: So here's, here's an, and here's another, I think, I think level to it. And this goes back actually to the, to the beginning where, when, when, when Jamar asked kind of why, why I would be Presbyterian, um, there's a part of me. And I realized this more fully after I think we left. There's a there's a part of me that believes that I was essentially beholden to this leadership to show them that I belonged. Mm. So mm. I so I know so I like I know the history particularly of Black Presbyterianism and why there aren't many Black Presbyterians. And one of and one of those reasons is because of the very strict educational requirements. Yes. And so and so one of the things that of the things that was in the back of my mind was hey i can jump through all these hoops the lord's given me the opportunities to jump through all these hoops they won't have any reason they won't have any reason to keep me out (laughs) and 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 there was the part of me that was like i said like still 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 beholden to prove it to proving myself to them i was like look i my my first my first uh my first peer-reviewed article was on the was on the was on the differences between the Westminster Confession and the 1689 London Baptist Confession. When we talk when we when we have those conversations, I can I can handle I can handle all that stuff. Um, yes. And and there was well, and, you and, and there was it well. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, <laughs> but there was but there was the but there, but there was the part of me that's like they they won't have any reason they won't have any reason to keep me out, and that was and and. And one of the things that, like I said, I mean, I, I knew it intellectually, but I had to be taught it experientially Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. people will use, people will use whatever resources are at their disposal if they, if they see you as a threat, which then leads to, I think the last, well, actually this is something, uh, so you could tell this story of this, this conversation about my, uh, Malcolm and Malcolm's agenda. Um, but, um, but our last our last Presbytery meeting that we that that we go to, um, so all of this was happening to me at a time that I was, my 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 uh, daughter had just been born, um, new job, new house, mm-hmm. new all all kinds all kinds of stuff was going on at the same time, and I was going through a time of what I think was spiritual burnout, and um and and a text that had been really comforting to me was uh in first kings 19 when elijah is being chased by jezebel and and god's response to him is hey like i told you to do this job which isn't these people and also you're not actually alone hmm. and when and when we went to presbytery this was for the last time
1: <laughs>
0: um one of the candidates going up for ordination the sermon he preached was on that passage but he stopped the passage early. He stopped the passage with the still small the still small voice, mm-hmm. and like and that and that was like the hope of the passage. and and I turned to Slim during that, and I was like, "That's not the hope of that passage <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. right afterwards, he go, Elijah goes right back to God and says, "I want to die. I'm alone like he, that, that doesn't solve the issue." Mm-hmm. Um, but then. Right after that, he, he, this, 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 candidate um, is going through his theological, you know, exam. I think, I think it's the theology exam. And somebody, uh, and, 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 and somebody from the, from the floor asked him, uh, hey, so you've got a book or website on Jonathan Edwards. Uh, what, you know, how do you respond to somebody who, you know, who has issues with, Edwards being a, being a, being an enslaver. Um, and his first response was this guy who's up for ordination. His first response was, well, he shouldn't be canceled. Oh my. (laughs) And, and the response from the person who asked the question was, could you elaborate a little more on that? And he said, well, he wasn't one of those racist slave slaveholders. He treated his, treated his slaves. Well, wait a (laughs) minute. Yeah, man. I, so I, yeah. Like, well, he was a non-racist. I, we, we have, we have masks on. So, uh, Slim, Slim and I have masks on, but I am, I am like hitting, we're, we're, we're in like the back of the room, too. I'm hitting him. I'm like, is this, is, are they, is he saying this like in, this in public, like with hundreds wrong. of people? Like, there are hundreds of people in this room. Like, is this, is this happening? Is somebody going to say something? Um, and, uh, and like one, uh, one, one, one elder asked the question. He's like, uh, so, uh do you know do you do you think his like his slaves could leave whenever they wanted to or anything like that and the, guy, and the guy was like well no uh and then he asked like one other question and then they just moved on and the guy was ordained and, after, and wow and, and and after and after wow. that, after that i was like what was going through my mind was like i have no intention of being that guy for the rest of my time in this presbytery who's going to oh, say mm-hmm, hey this mm-hmm. is fundamentally unacceptable like this is the kind of ethical shaping that we're that that that, that we're investing in i don't i don't want to have anything i don't want to have anything to do with that. It. it's far too much work for me to constantly be just to, 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 to constantly be doing this work of 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 what i think is 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 remedial education. It is remedial. There's no such thing as a there's no, there's, no such, there's no such thing as a as a non as a non-racist slaveholder for you to be for you to be hmm. engaged in the practice of racial chattel slavery to make you is to is to is to is, is to make you a purveyor of a racial capitalism that is fundamentally evil. Yes. And so and so like I don't but I don't I like it's ju- like the but that's so basic to me mm. <laughs> it should be, yes, I it should be. Well, like yes. i like, i i so there's that you know. uh but uh sorry slim well, i wanted to leave the last conversation so. well i think you're it good. should also be said that
3: you y'all are actively pastoring and planting mm-hmm. a church throughout mm-hmm. this entire process actively. this is not happening in some church office somewhere, right? And it should also be said that the church is thriving. <laughs> it is. Like, there's something that's it resonating is. with people, even to the point where the momentum of this brand new church that you're planting is greater than the the mother church out of which you're planting. Yeah. So what was, just briefly, you know, what was... What was it like with your congregation as Mm -hmm. you're going through this?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) The the wild thing is I feel like most of our, our congregation didn't know much of what's going on behind the scenes. And so whenever people asked, you know, how's church going in the last three years, I would say inside the congregation, it is. Oh, it's been beautiful. The Lord is at work. People are coming to faith. We're baptizing. Um, it's behind the scenes that it's just killing us. And, hmm. and that, that all started from, I mean, it was from the get go. It was before we even started. It was, there was just this this conflict that happened between um, the the pastor of the mother church uh, and, and and ourselves. And that just, that, that word um, carried so much weight within the presbytery that there was no, there was no going against that word. Uh, there was no, there was no challenge of that. And so for, for me, what, if I would, if I were to distill the, 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 ultimate, um, accusation against, uh, Mosaic, our church and, and Malcolm and myself would be that we are, um, going against the spirituality of the church doctrine. Um, mm. hmm. Uh, Which is the the church can only speak on spiritual issues issues and has no right to speak on anything outside of itself, and (laughs) Malcolm and I have no interest in that, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and so we were like, we're just applying the gospel to to the. You know, yes. Let's preach the gospel, Then let's let's now apply it to our neighbor, um, and let's 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 encourage them. And so the 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 claim that was heard throughout the presbytery was that we are preaching a social gospel, and as y'all oh, know, yeah. that, that is just a a term that just now you know puts us on 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 high alert. So they are constantly. That's when they started, you know, wanting to listen to all of our sermons and, and services.
3: Um, and yeah, can we, we just, just pause there? Sh- like they yeah. are. Actively listening week by week to your sermons, checking yeah, yeah. in on y'all. Hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. To make sure that you're doing what they say. I, I just, it's just wild to me, right? I'm yeah. sorry. Just keep going. That's right.
1: <laughs> that's that, that's how we feel. Uh, we were we were one time one time we uh, we were celebrating. We we had a baptism and things like that. And then they came and they go. Did you tell me that you dunked someone instead of sprinkled? And we're like, My absolutely, goodness. it was beautiful. And they're like. Mm-hmm we didn't give you approval for that. <laughs> it was like, wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we celebrate? People are coming to faith. Their, their, their lives are changed for eternity first. <laughs> uh, wow. But that, that's not, that's not how it was. And how it was, was in 2019, they said, the, the mother church said, we don't, we, we don't want to give oversight to y'all. And the presbytery said, well, we can't do anything about it. So y'all go be independent. And we said, I think what Malcolm said, like we felt, no, we are Presbyterian. We like doctrinally. We want to prove to you that we we are theologically orthodox. And so we stayed in it and they gave us some, you know, some list of things to do for a year. And we'd come back for a year. We did all those things to a T, come back for a year. Well, we can't help you go, go be independent. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And then we said, what? And they said, well, there's, there's another way around that. If you guys raise up your own elders, then you know you won't have to go through the the church planting committee, uh, which had been right then at that time the um, the one keeping the gate closed on us. And so we kind of decided to say, let's see if we can go around the, the, the church planting committee and just establish ourselves as a particularized church. So we started going down that route. And then they told us in the in May of 2021 um, uh, or April of 2021 that you know, sorry uh, we. We had, we had elders ready to go and they said, sorry, we're not going to, we're not going to let you guys move forward. Hmm. And so at that point I I remember I told them, I was like, y'all, I'm seeing what it's doing to Malcolm. And I I was watching the light go out in Malcolm, I was watching the the light in my wife go out where she's just like, I'm done. And I was like, y'all put a ring on the finger or not. We got to go. And they said, well, just wait till August. I was like, no, you got to tell us now, tell us now. Mm -hmm. And they said, wait till August. So we somehow we we said, fine, we'll wait till August. We go to that August meeting, the one that Malcolm referenced with the, the candidate saying Jonathan Edwards isn't that bad. Um,
3: <laughs> the non-racist sleep of, Yeah,
1: That's right. I remember get in front of all of them going, can we just say yes or no right there? And they're like, well, we kind of want to give some more time to this and think harder on this. And I was like, if you guys say we need more time, that's our no.
3: Mm. And they
1: said, well, we need more time. And to me, that just meant – we're not courageous enough to take a stand on this goodness.
3: So they didn't even have the forthrightness to say, no, this isn't going to work. They just right. strung you along, strung you along, strung you along till you finally realized or made the determination that a not yet is the same as a no. That's
0: right. And we're moving on. Wow. And, and after, and, and, and it was only after all of this happened that I found out um like all of the things that were said about me mm. never 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 to my face. Mm-hmm. Um so so there were there were um there was the assumption among people that I was this is the way it was phrased to me that I was acting like a senior pastor when I'm just an intern. So mm. basically translates as you were up, you were up, Eddie. That's what i right. <laughs> and, and, and part of it. At least for me, when I hear it, I was like, well, yeah. Cause like when I preach, like I don't preach tentatively. Like that's not how, right. that's not how I speak just in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're supposed to preach like an intern, which I, means right. what? yeah, whatever, whatever that means. Um, but yeah, but, the, but, the, but there was, but there was a, um, there was just kind of a consensus that I was, I was some kind of a, some kind of a threat with an agenda. And I'm like, that's, he was trying to bring uh,
3: Kurt in.
2: (laughs) We call CRT Kurt. (laughs) Kurt.
3: We're trying to bring Kurt to the church. (laughs) Kurt everywhere. Kurt, (laughs) even in the
2: pulpit (laughs) as
3: well. (laughs) Kurt. Oh my gosh. So what has,
2: what has the, when you're talking about this transition and, and some of the things that you've heard and, you know, what happens now for you all and how have you navigated what most people find to be the most difficult part of the journey is you leave and you feel confident in your leaving and you feel confident in the reasons why you left or you're pushed out, whatever it may be. And now you have to ask the question, where do we go from here? And what has been the answer to that question for you all?
0: Yeah. Um, I'll answer. And then, and then, and then Slim, you can chime in with anything you're feeling for me. Um, over the course of the last four or five months, I I feel like I have experienced a degree of, and this is and this is like a pairing of me finishing the PhD and leaving the PCA, all this all this stuff. But I have experienced a degree of intellectual and theological freedom that I have I don't think I've ever experienced in my entire life. Oh. Um, I I have um, it has been absolutely glorious and not only that, uh, now, now there have been now, at least, at least for us, like there there was, there was the kind of careful pastoral work that we had to figure out and we, and we made mistakes along the way of like guiding our congregation through that, through that transition, because there were, because there were folks who, uh, I mean, we had a few folks who who really had history in the PCA. And so when we told our story, like there was kind of personal offense was taken. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and like, and so we had to, we had to kind of walk through, walk through that with folks, but, but for us, it was a recognition, Hey, for us to be healthy and for us to be able to care for you well, uh, we got to get out. Um, and so, uh, but, 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 but for me personally, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been glorious because I'm no longer having to think of like, I'm no longer have like there were a number of things that I did not allow that I did not allow myself to engage with because Hmm. of the, uh, because of the, because of the structures that I was beholden to. Hmm. Um, and so like, as, as an example, I, I, in, in February, I, I reengaged with Martin Luther King in order to, uh, give a talk at, at Eastern Nazarene college. And reengaged with his triple evils of -hmm. racism, capitalism, and militarism Mm -hmm. came to, came to the, came to the conclusion that what he's saying is that all that those three things are the same thing that, that what, that what, that what we're looking at historically is this, is this constant perpetuation of this cycle between economic exploitation, violent enforcement of that exploitation and racialized Mm -hmm. justification of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what particularly the black radical tradition calls racial capitalism. And and when and I I read that and I read there was another book by Jonathan Tran called Asian Asian Americans and the Spirit of Racial Capitalism and I read both of those together and I'm like this is the framework that I've been that I've been that I've been looking for that that I think actually does explain this history as well as a number of pieces of of, of my own experience hmm. um, and but there was like some of these were sources that I had come into contact before. But because of all of the, I mean, being, being afraid of people calling me Marxist or whatever, Mm -hmm. I was like, let me, let me just kind of push that off to the side. But now I can actually look at these things and think, but like, but is this true? And if it is, I'm going to follow it where, wherever it needs to go. Um, And, and not only that, but I'm going to think through, okay, what does it, what does it mean for us as the body of Christ? As I co lead this this congregation with Slim, what, it, what does it it mean for us to really be obedient to what Christ has called us to do? The second mm-hmm. the second thing is um, I was gotten into some uh, some Latin American theologians recently, particularly read Antonio Gonzalez's God's Reign in the End of Empires, and one of the things that he frames there is how basically the entire the entirety of the scriptures are anti they're anti-empire not just and not just anti-particular empires but anti the logic of empire and do, and domination hmm. like that's what the kingdom of god is about um and so so what does it mean then you know for us to shape communities that live a that live by a different logic um and 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 if i like if like those kinds of questions were things that i didn't let myself ask yeah, but now that I'm, but now that I'm out of some of these spaces in which the only people you read are basically just, I love the love love reform folks, but those are the only like those are the only people that you're supposed to read, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean this this played into my uh, my reading of of James Cone too, where it where where initially it was I read him ready to refute him, and then and then after going through my historical work and stuff like that, and I wrote this for the witness. After, go- after going through his historical work and stuff, I was like, "Actually, mm-hmm. no. Like this is this is actually great." <laughs> um, Imagine you know a brown or black so, skinned person having
3: something useful to say about right. theology. Yeah. Right. Huh. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Interesting
0: how that works. Yeah, surprise. Well, this is um, all that's yeah, the this- freedom.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's extremely <laughs> helpful and enlightening. And I think our final question would be. What would you say to people who are feeling stuck in these places or enduring this? And what you're saying sounds frighteningly familiar to them and sounds like it hits a little close to home. What will both of you say to them? And what would your hope be for the future of people finding that freedom in Christ and Mm -hmm. also finding that freedom for themselves to be all that Christ has called them to be?
1: Um. I can, I guess. speak first, I'll be, I'll be succinct. Um, I mean, I think for me it was hard, uh, because it was, and I think for most people leaving a space is hard because you've been there for a long time. It's what, you know, um, and that familiarity breeds comfort. And for me, it was, uh, I was 12 years ordained, um, uh, in the PCA. And so I was leaving, uh, you know, to me, it felt like a divorce. Um, and so you don't ever want to go through that. It felt, um, extru- extraordinarily painful. But like Malcolm, I just have felt such a sense of freedom um, and, and joy uh, outside of it, and so I think the the fear that is always there of of exiting um, a place that's all that you know is familiar, but wondering are you going to be all by yourself? What we found is usually there's other people out there who are yep. you know, considering the same things, and so you find those people, and we've we've just found a, a, a you know beautiful community um, here and. I know people have asked, you know, are you sad about this? And I'm like, you know, I don't think we would have ever lasted in the PCA. Some of the things that Malcolm did even say that he, that we heard afterwards that, you know, we had people say Malcolm would have never been ordained. Um, they would have never passed him through that. And that's like, <laughs> good. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for the clarity. Um, that would, that would, and so then for us, we're just like, yeah know, that's just never would have happened. And so on another, on one level, it's sad, but the other level, we just were, we're, we're, I I wonder why why we didn't uh, go independent to begin with, um, but and we're we're glad we're where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, I I um, you know as I went through all this stuff, we we both this is this is not to say that we navigated each of these situations perfect, perfectly, but there's a sense in which that um you know, I think, I think, I think a number of people in these kinds of situations have to navigate that self doubt of like, maybe the problem really is me. Hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I think keeps us in what functionally are abusive, abusive hmm. situations. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes it takes, t- I mean, it just takes talking to people outside of that situation to tell you, Hey, like you actually don't need to take that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, especially, especially, especially among the body of Christ, which is supposed to be a place of refreshment. Mm-hmm. When, when that becomes actually a pace, a, a place of continued, uh, uh just, abuse and oppression, basically, right. Where you, where it ends up being a, being a place where you, where you question who you are, you question the, the ways in which God has actually gifted you or whatever. Um, when that, when that becomes what that space does to you, you don't actually need to be in that space. So one of the things I've, I've been telling kind of, uh, when I, when I talk to people who have been in particularly abusive family situations, and they're struggling with kind of setting, setting boundaries. Um, I mean, one of the things that I tell them is like, look, sometimes the most loving thing, like love doesn't always mean that you're in a close relationship with everybody. Like love, sometimes mm-hmm. the most loving thing that you can do is hand somebody over to the Lord and, 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 so, and, so, and, and that means setting up boundaries to protect, to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes that's what love looks like. Because you're, because you're, because what, because what you're also doing is you're, you're, you're cutting off their opportunity to sin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a powerful way to put it. Yeah. And so one of the, so one of the things that we were, that we were also doing in leaving was in a way cutting off their ability to sin against us. And so that, that works for, it really works for, uh, for both of our benefit and we, and we just, and we just pray that the Lord does the work that he has to do in them. And we'll continue to serve. We'll we'll continue to serve the folks under our care. We'll continue to preach and apply the gospel. We'll continue to grow in our, in our union, in in our union with Christ and and conformity to his image.
3: Wow. (laughs) Y'all welcome to the leave loud path. Um, (laughs) It is, uh, it is, uh, it is a, a, a Rocky and, um, Unpredictable road, but you're in good company. And we thank you so much for sharing your story. Slim, I think you have so much to share, uh, particularly with uh, white pastors and white people who are looking to be Mm -hmm. good allies and journey in solidarity with black people. Reverend Dr. Malcolm Foley. My goodness, brother, you are already doing so much for the kingdom, and I'm excited for folks to access your scholarship, your writing. I'm excited for them. Um, I'm excited for your, your, your church congregation. Um, mm-hmm. and the testimony, the witness, if you will, that <laughs> the Lord has plans that human beings cannot thwart. Um, And so even, as you said, sometimes the loving thing to do is to cut off the opportunity for other people Mm. to (laughs) sin. That's part of what it means to leave loud. And so we appreciate you sharing your story.
2: Thank you all so much for joining us here on Pastor Mike. Thanks for having us.
1: Thanks, y'all.